the Premier League on OTB. Exclusive Premier League live commentaries every Sunday. The very best expert analysis on your phone and for free. Download the OTB Sports app now. You ain't shit. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. Well, fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochford has never spoken to Jimmy McGinnis in his life. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us on five three one zero six. We're streaming the conversations li- live now as well. You can watch us on the Off the Ball social channels for Periscope on Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Search OTB Sports in your app store to download it if you haven't already. This is the Saturday panel. A year and a half, a long time. One of the vivid memories of the dark days in the pandemic was the All-Ireland Hurling final last December Limerick and Waterford at an empty Croke Park now don't get me wrong it was great to have the focus of the championship but with Limerick and Waterford last year today and then tomorrow when we have the final from Limerick and Cork I think we can say there's a lot more sunshine around now Uh, 40,000 lucky souls will cheer on the counties from half three this national sporting occasion Uh, the teams were named last night so Limerick unchanged uh, from the semi-final win over Waterford one change from the win over Cork and Munster Dan Morrissey in at fullback for Richie English and also one change from last year's All-Ireland decider Peter Casey for Graham Mulcahy Cork make two changes for this final from the win over Kilkenny Owen Cadogan at wing back for the injured Jeremy Millerick and uh, Shane Kingston gets the nod at corner forward for Shane Barrish while Robbie Downey and Luke Mead are newcomers from the defeat to Limerick in the province so to look ahead to this national sporting occasion can't wait over the next hour uh, we're delighted to be joined by Limerick's three time all-star from Patrick's Well Kieran Carey Corks former All-Ireland winning captain from the Glen Rovers club Tomás Mulcahy and the eight-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny Greg Bally Callens Eddie Brennan and Kieran Carey I was driving from Kerry up to Connemara a few weeks ago and once I got to Abbey Field, the moment I got to Abbey Field, all I saw was green and white. And how's it been at Patrick's Well this week? What's the buzz? Are you still getting used to being top dogs, Kieran? <laughs> we, are, we are slowly but surely, but I hope we're doing it in a humble fashion. And come here, no different to yourself. You know, I, I'm off Saturdays and I tend to treat myself to an old continental Irish breakfast. So I went into town and, you know, you could crank the atmosphere up and everybody you met really you know just tickets match tickets match and and even at this stage people are resigned to the fact that they won't get tickets and they're already already planning to watch the game at home or else in a hotel tomorrow but to answer your question yeah, the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic will you be going up tomorrow Kieran? yeah i'm heading up tomorrow morning i hope to head up there about eight o'clock in the morning hopefully beat all cock traffic that's coming up behind us <laughs> good man have the flag out the window Kieran. good stuff tomas what's it like down on lee side is the arrogance back is the corkness back uh ah. No, I don't think the, the arrogance is back. I just think there's a, a sense of relief that we've got back. We've got to an all Ireland final, you know, because um, 2013 was the last time uh, and uh, we failed on that occasion in the replay. So uh, it was nice to get back there again. And um, like traditionally, from a Cork perspective, over a period of time, if you're playing hurling for 10 years or 12 years of your career, you expect to, to be making a couple of all Ireland's in that period of time, you know. So it's just great for these lads. I think. They're a young bunch. The public have taken in behind them in a big way. And um, yeah, there's plenty of flags, plenty of uh, banter around the town. The WhatsApp messages are flying back and forth between Cork and Limerick. And I know the two Lord Mayors are at it and stuff like that as well <laughs> during the week. So yeah, the crack is good. And I think, look, um, we, we saw them in action in, in semi-final stage of Munster, you know, maybe a bit of shadow boxing there, but I think we're going to see the best of both teams tomorrow. And look, we are up against it, no doubt about that, but I'm, I'm giving Cork a very good chance. Well, uh, for anybody who's watching on our digital and social channels, you're in the red of uh, the Rebel County, Tomás. Um, like when I was looking through the team last night, Tomás, 13 of uh, the 15, 13 different clubs. That's great. It is. And look, I think that was that was highlighted as well during the week in terms of the Cork under 20s. 
the cop miners that played tonight in the All-Ireland final, the spread of the club situation there in terms of maybe uh, not being dominant by one particular club with four or five players. It's it's one across the board and, and, and most sections, maybe two at the most, you know. So that's there, there's something very good going on all over the county in terms of the development squads, in terms of where they've regionalised it, you know. I, I was reading during the week, the impressive thing was it wasn't just about development squads in terms of 30, 35 players. They've actually spread out the net, out, out the net a bit further and gone regional and bringing in maybe 200, 300 players. So everybody is getting the full effect of the coaching and the development and bringing them forward, bringing brown players to actually represent minor, under 20. And obviously then the end goal is to wear the red of the senior team. Eddie Brennan, how are you feeling about this as a neutral? Uh, sure, kind of <laughs> six horn. Sorry, John, I suppose is one way to describe it but uh, uh, even even from the point of view of not even going to this All-Ireland it's, it's probably the first All-Ireland I've missed obviously last year since 2005 so um, it's definitely uh, it's a different occasion but look nonetheless can't wait for it I'm looking forward to it um, you know I, I, I suppose from a Kilkenny perspective we weren't good enough and uh, you know we, we even you know had a put put a big test and threw a big challenge down to Cork in terms of the timing of the, the goal to get the equaliser and, you know, I felt at the time, I said, the, the, all the questions that have been asked of Cork over the last, you know, 10, 12 years were answered very, very, you know, emphatically by Cork. So they're worthy, you know, finalists and, and obviously Limerick then on the other side. But from from my perspective, I, I can't wait. To, you know, it'll be sitting at home, taking it in. I'll miss the occasion. I think the All-Ireland Final Day is a really, really special day. I, I suppose I, I love even being in Dublin for it on the morning of All-Ireland Final Day. It's just something different about it and and again for both sets of players you know Limerick didn't experience you know this in last year's final with Watford but it just all earned final day you you try to say it's no different than any other but it is different there's a different set of nerves there's a there's a lot at stake and uh, just a really for me anyway I've experienced a lot of it from from both playing and, and, and neutral and watching special day in the calendar and I just can't wait for tomorrow so from 2000, when you were scoring a goal against Offaly to later days, how much did your preparation change, Eddie? Uh, did you come up in the morning? What were the rituals like? You had the whole guard escort, the Artane Boys band, the team talks. What, how did it evolve over the years? Um, it probably just came, uh, you, you took control of it a little bit more. I think for me, the very first one anyway, was just, uh, I just it was just roller coaster stuff because, you know, you were being propelled into a team after spending one year you know with the under 21s in 99 was my first taste of County Hurling and the following year you're landed in and you're you're heading for an All-Earned Final and there's the suits and the tickets and all the things that go with it and you went with the flow I suppose I, I didn't have the, the the nerves and the hang-ups then because I wasn't playing uh, and that and that obviously has changed a lot now because you know I suppose the experience of having some some bad days at the office you learn from that and you try to you try to rectify it and you you learn to take control of of the psychological build up and and there is a lot that comes from experience with that but unfortunately we know with all Ireland finals you know sometimes they just don't come around too often so there's also that element of of enjoying it and trying to you know, let fly and have a go because I think uh, the day goes by very, very quickly, you know, and um, I think having the experience of, you know, this year, the ticket rat race is just off the charts this year because you have obviously a very limited capacity. So that's something that I think both managers, you know, I'm sure John Kiley has plenty of experience of that and, and, and to get his players to, to, to step away from that. And that's something that's probably going to be very evident in Cork at the moment. So there's a lot that comes with the days and, and certainly from, from when I finished up anyway, you were a lot, more at ease it didn't make it easier but you were a lot more at ease with, with going with what comes with the occasion Tomas Mulcahy I learned that you might have had a couple of pints before an All-Ireland final is that true? <laughs> oh, I was just going to say to, to, to Mr Brennan there it was easy for them in the only hour from Dublin they could have an extra two hours lie in on the Sunday morning when we were all up at half seven walking around lobbies of hotels or walking around out the back of hotels trying to, to calm ourselves down and the, the kick any boys were, were only a stone throw away, but um, no, I look, yeah, that's, John, that goes back a long time, that's back <laughs> over 30 years, right? We used to travel up on the Saturday, it was, it was the ritual, you get on the 20 to 3 train in Cork, you're in Dublin for half five, six o'clock, you go to your hotel, and um, kind of trying to pass away the night, because we used to stay in the Burlington Hotel, and look, the Cork supporters just go mad when it's our last weekend, and the place was, was just packed out the door the lobby the hotel every bar every place nook and cranny was was jam-packed so to get out of there we used to go to shelburne park 
to the dogs and uh, watch the greyhounds. And like we had a former colleague player, Jimmy Barry Murphy, who was big into the greyhounds. He would get us all tickets to take us in. And as soon as he went in, all he would say to us, lads, if you're having a bet, back to Black Dog tonight. And then you'd go to the parade ring and you see three black dogs come around in the parade ring. And Jimmy's nowhere. He's gone, disappears. And uh, but a bit of crack. And yeah, we, we, we just head back. And look, not everybody, but maybe four or five of us might call into some place and we might have a court. We might have had two pints, go back to the hotel, say nothing, straight up to the meeting room, have our pint of milk and a couple of sandwiches and into bed and get a good night's sleep. You can't do that now, John, unfortunately, or if you did, I'm sure you'll be making the Sunday newspapers very, very quickly. I don't know if uh, Brian Cody's culture would allow the pints before the All-Ireland final, Eddie Brennan. <laughs> no, no, uh... Or the, or the smoke and a few fags. We've seen some of the lads when they were getting Liam McCarthy back in, you know, the, yeah. the, the 70s and 80s. But, uh, yeah, look, it is. I, I think it, it's it's finding probably, John, what works for you. But um, And you have to maybe experience, a, you know, a bad day where you, you kind of... You, you, you say God it won't do that different and, and I think it's it's not about superstitions it's more about routines and like Tomas said there you know I think Kilkenny stopped going up the night before in 1973 I think there was uh, you know supposedly stories have it that, that there was a bit of an incident the night before and somebody got injured or something like that and, and ever since then I think I, and again I could be corrected on it but I don't think Kilkenny have gone up the night before since so they looked at it as saying no we're, we're not a hundred miles away either in terms of traveling up on the day and you know maybe there's the familiarity of being asleep in your own bed the night before as well and and you know does does that element of it but definitely um i don't think brian would have been too happy there might be one or two of our lads would enjoy that all right and maybe to might make them too relaxed yeah i suppose you know you you wouldn't you that's that's what wouldn't be heard of no one and and that's you have to accept that as well i mean the players how they prepare and it's cork as well i mean tradition was to go up on on saturdays i think the cork team travel tomorrow by train to go up tomorrow morning and you know so and that's a change from what has happened as well and maybe that's covid and maybe hanging around hotels and and the fear of that as well you know so um look Everything has changed over the last number of years. Look yeah. for it, and it's all for the best, really. All yeah. for the best. Well, it's much more uh, professional and set up now. Kieran, I've empathy for you because my mother's in Limerick City, so I know what it was like in the 90s, just from a very, very, uh, you know, detached basis as a supporter. But um, have you wiped it all out of your mind, what happened? Because I suppose there has to be a loser in all these great finals and uh, you didn't come out on the right side. Uh, Shane, I have well and truly come come to peace with all of that, but I suppose I wouldn't have had the same luxury as Eddie and Tomas would have had there now in their experience. I suppose my first time attending an All-Ireland final was the first one I played, and that was in 94, so there was a fair baptism to grow apart. And, you know, as, as Eddie said, you know, every player really, I suppose, had their own routine, their own system, and kind of mentally preparing themselves psych- psychologically and physically. And I suppose we hadn't the added advantages of a sports psychologist that are there now. So I suppose, you know, we had to kind of come up with it ourselves and invent it ourselves. And if it's suited then and you go through a few games and you're playing kind of pretty well, you tend to do the same thing. But to answer your question, yeah, listen, the 90s about the 90s, Shane, unfortunately, you know, sport can be cruel at times. But yeah, to answer your question, I've totally come to peace with all of that. And, uh, you know... And looking at looking at the present crew now, you know, to be starved for over 40 years and all of a sudden then to be spoiled. And when you look at tomorrow, you know, they're, they're going for a mirror All-Ireland, they're going for a back-to-back and they're going for three and four years, sure. Yeah. You couldn't, would be pleased with that. Kieran, like, so you've Dermot Burns, you've got Aaron Galan and you've got your nephew Keen Lynch and Patrick Swell. Like, say before 2018, were you saying to the lads, these are the do's, these are the don'ts, or did you even have those kind of conversations? Uh, being honest with you, I, I would have had because I was manager of Patrick Swell and, you know, when you're married a club team, you, you're married the club team and then the county players are actually tied up with inter-county duties and, and then they have to come back and then you have to kind of blend the whole thing in and, you know, as a manager and as the two boys would probably testify to this, you know, you have to get to know every player and, uh, you know, to get to, you have to get to know their familiar with their weakest points and their strong points and inevitably you have to have a relationship with most players. And uh, yeah, obviously, anyone that's trying to make a breakthrough at Intercounty Level and, and it's after coming through the academy like the lads did, of course, from time to time, you will be having a chat from giving a few tips, uh, pitfalls to watch out for, and, uh, you know, probably certain things that you probably need to do if you need to be as consistent as you need to be as Intercounty there. So, certainly, I would have engaged in that several times with the lads, yeah. 
Kian, uh, he has almost become the complete hurler. You must be very proud of him, Kieran. How has Kian yeah. got to got to where he's got to now? Is it just hard work? Is it is it all the academy work he's done? What has made him the player that he is? I, I suppose anytime I'm, I'm doing interviews or podcasts, I tend to hold back a small little bit in around Kian, and I, I probably don't do him enough justice because if you if you watch him from eighteen to now, yeah. Uh, to call a spade a spade you haven't seen a player ever like him his imagination his vision and, and I suppose my personal opinion he played a nice bit of soccer in his early years under 10s 12s and 14s at St Michael's and Tipperary I think and up to 17s and I would have played a lot of soccer myself even in that you know for those number of years you're going to get great balance in your feet it's a totally different game but you do get great balance and uh, you know as you said, he's he, he's more than a complete player, in my opinion. I, I think I might have said in 2018, when I might have came a bit early, I said he was the Messi of hurling. And to be fair, he's he's kind of proven that. And there's a lot of talks even in tomorrow's final, the matchups. And I suppose you could mention four or five matchups. And I suppose there'll never be a matchup unless the opposition is working hard and to make it a matchup. But the big matchup for me really is tomorrow. What are Cork going to do with Keane Lynch, or who are, who are they going to do to designate him for the hour? If they can do that, they're possibly halfway there. So to me, it's it's the biggest matchup of all. But to answer your question about Keane, he's sensational to be fair in the last number of years, and I suppose off the field, he's as humble as guy as you meet. So that's probably his greatest quality. So he's a he's a great guy. He's still a young guy, and actually still a lot more to give and, and a, a lot more for the public to see. It's just a shiver gone down my spine listening to that description, Kieran, of, of Lionel Messi and, and, and Keane Lynch, the comparison between the two. And Eddie Rennan is great when you have DJ Carey, Henry Shefflin. Every five, six years, you got a new player with different attributes, different abilities, different talents that can light up the landscape. It is. I think uh, there's always these generational players that come along and uh when you're younger and you know I remember distinctly I suppose uh, the 1990 All-Ireland a uh, fond memory for Tomás there obviously is, is an All-Ireland that just stands out with me as a young guy and, and you, you saw an utterly go- dominant Galway team in the first half and then the, you know what was a sensational comeback and, and, a, and a guy that I loved watching scoring goals was John Fitzgibbon and I think he got two that day uh, you know and changed it around I think Tomás had a, a huge impact in the second half and I think, they, you know, you see these generation of players that come along and they just capture your imagination. They make you want to be like him. And, you know, I know Keane's dad, uh, he used to, he's in the same, he was in the same job as myself. And I remember him contacting me several times through 07, 08, that to go down to, to the well. And, 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 you know, some evening I was trying to get down. I never got to go down. And it's now I'm kind of regretting saying I'd love to have seen, you know, these boys when they were that age, 14 and 15, because they were, you know, in Kilkenny as well the Tony Forrestals and these tournaments, you identify the future stars and you, and you watch their development coming along. And uh, yeah, we've been lucky in Kilkenny, we've had those. And, and I think Hurling, every few years, you, you'll always have a new guy. And, you know, these Limerick lads are, are obviously uh, starting to really come into the peak of their powers and, and you have then the, the new breed in Cork lads. So I think that's that's where I'm resolved at the moment is looking at who these new hotshots are and what they can do. And, and like I said, I, I'd have to concur with Kieran. I think sometimes you don't give your own enough credit. But for me, Keane Lynch is, is pound for pound and, you know, one of the top players. I've seen him playing, making his debut, I think, against Tipperary a good few years back. He was marking Paddy Stapleton. And, and I remember, him, you know, he was only a whippet then and he got turned over five times, I think, in the first half. And you go, there's no one that turns him over and takes possession off him nowadays. You know, he's, he really is a, a top, top player. And um, just it's, it's a joy to watch. Yeah, we're chatting to Eddie Rennan of Kilkenny, Limerick's uh, Kieran Carey and Cork's Moss Mulcahy on the Saturday panel. 53106 listeners out there, especially from Cork and Limerick. Get your shout-outs into us. Uh, tell us how you're preparing for tomorrow's final and any questions you might have for uh, the All-Star panel we have. Tomas, uh, Kieran Carey's put it up to you there. How would you stop Keane Lynch tomorrow? Yeah, uh, I had I'd taken, uh, put on a few notes and <laughs> that was the first one, right? Keane Lynch, who picks him up? Um and I think that's that, that he is their star man, you know, he's their go-to man. Um, we've seen so many uh, games turned by centre forwards over the last number of years. You don't have to be six foot five 
or a, a big strong bulky man to play that position anymore because the way the balls have worked through the lines you're you're the go-to man you're 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 the man that distributes ball you're the man that scores you're the man has division as Kieran mentioned in terms of guys running off the shoulder you pick up a ball it's at the forward and there's a guy coming off your right coming off your left that you can let that pass go but like his vision is incredible and what I, what I like about the guy is his ability to get the ball up in packed spaces get up into his hand and get out of trouble very very quickly he is a special art you know and sometimes there's a little flick off the side of the boot and it's up into the hand but once you have possession in your in your love and Kieran and Eddie will notice you can decide what to do with the ball then once you have it in your hand and he is one of the key guys for us tomorrow to match actually mark right I would have felt if Jarmelrick was fit Jarmelrick was probably going to pick up Kane Lynch but he's not now because Mark Coleman is our centre-back, but Mark Coleman plays a kind of a different game in terms of that he's going back looking for sharp ball from the goalkeeper. He's going back to the cornerback. And that is, to me, is a massive concern because I looked at the first match in the semi-final and that's what was happening. And Keane Lynch just stood in number 11 position. And once the ball started breaking down by the other Limerick forwards, chasing down, harrowing, they knew this man was free because they, know, they knew there's nobody going to be picking up, picking them up. And suddenly offload to Cain Lynch and he does the damage, you know. So it's a big, big call for tomorrow. Who do we actually put on him, you know? And do we put a Shawnee Dunhu corner back who is a man marker out on him and actually follow him wherever he goes? Because I think it, it, it is going to need that because he is the dictator there, certainly. What should they do, Eddie? Um, I don't know. I said, who 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 gets that unenviable task? But... Uh... I think you have to look at someone like I think Tomas said it there about you know uh, the likes of uh, the likes of uh, Sean Dunahoo who can hurl, and I look at yes. the last day against Kilkenny, he went up the field and he got a score. So you think sometimes to to kind of nullify a guy who has a huge influence on a match, you equally have to put somebody that's you know okay they're going to mark him. I think you're going to have to accept that Keane Lynch is going to get possession. And he's going to do a little bit of harm, but I equally think if you can use the person that's on him to go up the field and, and cause a bit of harm, set up a few scores. But I think I'd, I'd echo what Tomas said there. The problem is Mark Coleman isn't that type of a centre-back. And do Cork want him kind of chasing Keane Lynch around the field and maybe marking each other out or crossing each other out that match? They probably don't. So I think maybe someone like like who is probably built for him because he has the speed. He has the speed of thought. But I don't think any of the Cork players probably have the speed of thought. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, that Keane Lynch has. I think he sees things. He probably hurls with wing mirrors, really, to be honest with you, because um, he sees everything that happens around him. And uh, I don't know. It's 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 the million-dollar question. But for me, it's probably Donahue. And just briefly, before we go to the break, um, Shane Kingston starting tomorrow. Is that the right call? Look, uh, uh, you would have said... Um, I would say that the key that won us the match, the last day against Kilkenny, obviously, was the introduction of Shane Kingston, but our two other substitutions as well, Alan Cadigan and Alan Connolly. And I was saying if we could actually hold the three of those guys with 20 minutes to go and we're still in the game with Limerick and we can spring these guys, it will cause Limerick big problems. But look, if you're after scoring seven points in an all-earned semi-final and... uh, you're probably going home to your own man and saying, you better pick me the next day because I want to start. I want to start an All-Ireland final. I want to walk behind the RTM boys band. I want to be named in the starting 15. I don't want to be a sub. So I think that's where, because he delivered seven points from play, they have not a choice but to start yeah. the guy at that stage. Now, on the other side, when he has started in matches to, uh, year to date, Shane Barrett has done equally as well. Okay. Coming off the bench as well. He's been very, very effective. Okay. Okay, Tomas, we're going to come to that after the break. You just got to take a break for the news here. Tomas Mulcahy, Kieran Carey, and Eddie Brennan on the Saturday panel previewing the hurling final. We're back after this. You can text us on 53106. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until five. You can text us 53106 or tweet us at Off the Ball. Liverpool lead Burnley 2 0 in the Premier League after 75 minutes and Anfield goals by Diogo Jota and Sadio Mane. This is the second part of the Saturday panel. Looking ahead to tomorrow's All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final between Limerick and Cork at Croke Park with Limerick's three-time All-Star from Patrick's Well, Kieran Carey, 
Glen Rovers clubman and the former All-Ireland winning captain from Cork, Tomás Mulcahy, and the eight-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Greg Ballycallan's Eddie Brennan. You can listen on News Talk, watch us as well on the digital and social channels for Off the Ball, for Periscope on Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, Facebook, and on the OTB Sports app. Just asking Tomás before the break there, Eddie Brennan, about Shane Kingston. He does start. Is that the right call? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, he had to start. I think you can talk about um, the impact he made off the bench. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about now the finishers, the guys that are going to finish the match and see the job done. But I think if a guy is showing form like that, you know, is he going to come off the bench and do the same again? Perhaps, but it's possibly unlikely. So I think if a guy is showing form, you go with that and you make that decision and you give him the opportunity to say, look, deliver from the start. Equally, I don't think it weakens Cork in, in terms of that, saying, look, does it lessen their impact? I think Conley is a big impact off the bench. Barrett is going to do that. Uh, they have they have quality, you know, Cadigan as well. I think Cadigan was a right handful for Kilkenny the last day when he came in. So I think, look, you you, you know, these are the tough decisions. I think what's what's also in it too is there's obviously a very emotional uh, decision there for, for Kieran Kingston. And, and it's one that's... You know, unfortunately, it's a damned if you do and if you damned if you don't. And I said it there in the aftermath of the the All Ireland semi final. I think it's very courageous of of Kieran Kingston to do that, like is it because it's it's an impossible situation in some regards. The only way it's going to be win win is if she, you know, Cork win the All Irelands. Then that that that. So that's just a, an added little dynamic that I think is hopefully, as I said, is is not the main thing. But yeah, no, I think you have to go with a guy like that when he's on form, definitely. Yeah, Tomás, I was looking back through uh, Patrick Horgan. 2008 was his debut. He's your club man, Glen Rovers. Nobody's more deserving, I think, of an All-Ireland uh, title. Yeah, look, um, unfortunately, John, they don't hand them out easy, you know. They're hard won. And, um, and Patrick has been there. And look, we thought we in 2013, he was after getting the winning point and he was after getting his All-Ireland medal. And uh, alas, it didn't happen that way. And But what, what, what can I say more about that guy? What an ambassador for... For us on the north side of the city, for Blackpool, his area where he was born, for his club Glen Rovers, and all for his county Cork. I mean, this guy is is just. Kieran uh, spoke about Kian and Messi and stuff like that, right? I mean, this this guy is is is, is just up there with all those as well because his dedication to the game is is just incredible, you know. And I know him particularly well, and I watched him. My my son played with him on the way up to one field in the above in in, in Antrim way way back they won minor counties together under 21 counties together and uh pat went on to, to greater things in terms of his own inter-county career and look he's look at his stats and stuff like that you know and I, I kind of felt sorry from the last day feel fellas when he missed 65 against kilkenny to put us the four points up oh the, the hands were being raised everywhere oh what a miss and what what it is but look how many times has he saved us in matches how many times has he carried us on his back what I like about it now, this time round, it isn't just about Patrick Horgan, though. It's about the team, and it's not about the individual. And I think that's the biggest improvement that I've seen in Horgan the last 12 months in terms of whoever's in the better position, closer to goal, you give them the ball and give them the opportunity to go for goal up or over the bar. Um, in the past, it was very much individual. Fellas were happy enough to get three or four points to be on the board and say, I made my contribution. Now I've seen a big change in terms of runners coming through the middle, Two against one, give the ball to the inside man. And we're creating more goal scoring chances. And that's the like of Patrick, just to bring a bit more. He on the receiving end of passes. And you, if that works in Eddie Brennan and Kieran Kerry, you, you've been there, Eddie, you know that yourself up front. You bury teams when you got on top by getting two and three goals very, very quickly in a game. And it puts you out of sight, you know? And that's, yeah, you know? And it's, it's, it's also interesting from Patrick Horgan's perspective, Tomás, that he will be an important calming influence on young players tomorrow, as will Owen Cadigan. He will, he will be a calming influence, though. But, I mean, I found out as I got older, the more nervous you got. Interesting, the younger yeah. Guys, yeah, yeah, because the expectations were higher, you know. There was, if you deliver in the past or you'd won in Ireland or you'd been involved... The expectations are higher, you know, that you have to do this again. Where the younger generation, there's very little pressure, I think, on these guys. They can handle it. The older I got, and, I, and, and I, it won't be no different for Patrick because there's a massive, massive pressure on his shoulders tomorrow because you're a free taker, you're the penalty taker, you're the star man up front as well. But to be fair to the man, he's as cool as a breeze. He's as cool as a breeze. He was in the club field on Thursday night. The senior hurlers of my own club were training there and he was walking around with the hurling ball as he always does and stuff like that. So he's well able for it. But you're right, for the younger guys, he will he will have a word in their ear and he will be able to calm down and stuff like that as well. Because 
Eddie mentioned at the start of the show, our learning find is different to what anybody will ever face. In terms of your build-up, what's gone on for the last two weeks, in terms of match day, the match morning when you wake up, your preparation, your pre-match training or your pre-match routine, and then when you go on the bus to head to Crow Park, it's an unbelievable feeling. And to be then in the dressing room prior to going out, this time around with 40,000 fans all going absolutely bananas tomorrow for their county. It's an incredible day out, incredible feeling. And it does get to some people. Some people can take it on board much easier. But once you get out onto the field to play, that's all you want to do. Get the ball in early and off you go and get the game going. And Eddie mentioned 70 minutes or 75 minutes. It does go very, very quick. So you've got to deliver. It's all about delivery tomorrow from 3.30 on. And you also had the madness, Tomas, in 1990 of the Cannon O'Brien, your manager, throwing ice-cold water on people at halftime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if we had all, if we had all day, just, I room with a guy the night before, I said to you, we went to the Burlington, Kevin Hennessy, and um, Kevin's clock was 5.30 in the morning, wake up, because he worked in a, in a company in Watergrass Hill, so... Uh, I room with him, so 5.30, Kevin's clock and the head went off and up and over the curtains, pulled the blinds and wakes me up. He says, what a fantastic day outside, you know, 5.30 in the morning. I says, Kevin, you don't shut the window and close the blinds, I'll kill you, right? And like, he's hitting the ball off the wall and there's guys inside the room wanting to know who's hitting the ball off the wall inside. And we all tried to get an extra hour of sleep. But he was that man in the dressing room, yeah. We were, we were being hammered by, by Galway. We were five points down at halftime. We had a bad day, including myself. Bad, bad, bad 30 minutes, 35 minutes. And uh, we got into the dressing room and the cannon, very, very quickly, well prepared, put three guys out into the shower, told them to take off their jerseys and he had three buckets of ice cold water ready. Fired him up on top of the tree device. He says, about time you woke up. You're in Crow Park. You're not back in a car. You're not back in your beds. It's time for delivery. And then he brought everybody into a huddle, hand down his knee, red jersey in one hand, and there was tears coming out of his eye. And he started shouting, there's only three fellas outside. I worked their side. The rest of you are absolutely useless. Right, you need to go out and do it for yourselves and your family and your county. He says, only three of you have performed in that first half. And Kevin, quick as a flash, Kevin, as he put up his hand, he says, Cannon, can you tell me who are the other two? Right? Kevin was after having a shock in the first half himself. But he brought he, he broke the ice, literally <laughs> broke the ice and left us chill a little bit. And there was a few giggles and stuff of like that as well, right? But and that's a gospel truth story. And uh, we went out and things went worse. <laughs> In the second half, we were we were seven points down after ten minutes into the second half, so it didn't get any better. But somewhere, somewhere, we got a bit of magic, and Kevin got a goal, and we got back into the game, and uh, we had a great victory that day. Eddie Brennan, did Brian Cody have any of these mad ruses at halftime in all Ireland finals? <laughs> he probably didn't need to. No, geez, we had nothing like that episode anyway. But uh, and, and it's look, it's great to hear stuff like that. I think that's what makes the you know the the occasions for us now in years to come. And you just wonder. You know, obviously, young lads nowadays, they're a little bit different. I think that type of characters, maybe, you know, they're different. But uh, no, Jesus, to be fair, you know, even an episode from our dressing room, I remember even in, in, in 2007, you know, what we didn't know at half time was that Henry was gone. And we were so, I suppose, focused and so tuned in at that stage. I remember uh, we were inside getting ready to go out for the second half and Brian just landed back in. He goes, listen, that's Michael Fenley's in midfield. Derek, you go to centre forward. And I turned around and I said, who's going off you know I kind of remember Derek Ling was close to me and I said oh Henry's gone and it didn't take a phone call was, which was you know I suppose maybe that was how we were just so, so tuned into what was going on it didn't you know upset the, the routine everyone just went about their job and I think even just after half time um, Limerick really came at us I think Ollie Moran got a goal and that so it did it probably affected us a little bit on the pitch to be fair but um, no Brian usually to be fair I haven't ever heard Brian lose his marbles at half time or, or, or you know do something completely left field or anything like that he's very much you know letting the players talk a couple of messages and, and focus on the, the, the basic stuff and, and, and doing that right and, and going out and, and continuing to execute I, I don't think I can ever recall a, a magical speech off from Brian usually the talking was done earlier on in the week and just even on that just the lads were saying about you know Tomas said earlier on about Patrick Horgan helping the younger lads along. I think 2008 or that, I, I recall for a semi-final, Henry was caught with a wedding. He was going to miss the Friday night, which was normally announcing the team in our chats. And Tuesday night, we got 
pulled in for a kind of an improv meeting and Henry just spoke at it and he just said to us, he said, look, lads, I'm, you know, I'm not here Friday then, but I cannot be worried about the rest of you. I cannot get you ready or you, you know, and initially I was like going, Jesus, so much for the team or whatever. But when he actually thought about what Henry was saying, he said like, he could only focus on being the best he could be. He couldn't be expected to, to have four or five of us ready, you know, and, and on that point, like I think that that's the reality. Patrick Horgan, I think, is playing now without the pressure of well, when we're under pressure, we have to get the ball to Hoggy. Now they have other lads, and that has, if anything, has taken the pressure off Patrick Horgan. And I do think these young Cork lads are probably a little bit fearless. So there's there's that mix of what it takes on the day, and 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 I think one player cannot be expected to have everybody tuned in. Yeah, little piece of nuggets of information here and there, and help them through the the, the tickets and the process, the media night, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, like you're a trained psychotherapy counsellor now in, in Limerick and you're doing great work and obviously for 18 months it's been tough for people and you're, you're trying to give people a lift and I'm sure the hurling team are giving everybody a lift and they've got a Caroline Curry there in there now to work on the mind and that is so important in 2021 that they all the lads have the mind right and the evidence is in the way Limerick have performed you're, you're 10 points down to Tipperary and then you come out and you score 110 to one point in, in the third quarter. Yeah, and, you know, she has been a huge impact in the whole package. And I suppose looking at her journey in 2018, everybody can point at the academy, right, And which is 110% right and accurate because they all have to kind of springboard from that. There'll be the success of mine on 21. And then you have the timing of John Kiley and Caroline Kerr and obviously Paul Kanerka, I suppose, I, I suppose, who probably doesn't get, a, get enough of credit really. Uh, I, I think he's after turning the game of hurling in the last three to four years inside out for the better. And, you know, he, he's a genius, actually, to be fair. So that whole combination. And Caroline Kerr has been with him from the start to the finish. And it's in recent times that I'm actually seeing her now in a different role uh, when they're out and they're doing the warm-up. I see her now that she's on the field as well and she's taking part in that. So that will give you an indication the influence that she has on the players individually and the influence she has on the squad. And, you know, it's it's fantastic to watch it. But go back to Tomas when he, when he was talking about players, how to prep and, you know, getting up that morning and behind the band and in the dress room. And I suppose you'd, you'd often be asked as an ex-player, what do you miss from the game? And I suppose the common reply would be the roar of the crowd, the camaraderie of the squad, running out the turtles, running out the crow park. And funny enough, actually, what I actually probably miss the most is what Tomas was explaining the pressure to perform when you have to perform. And that type of pressure when you went into County Jersey kind of comes nearly every time you every time you go out. And hence the reason why Tomas said the older he was getting, the more pressure he felt. And I suppose that's the real test really of an inter-county hurler. You know, I suppose your longevity number one. And on top of that then your consistency along the journey. So all of that really is part of the package. But uh, Answer your question, yeah, Caroline Carroll has been absolutely outstanding and a massive, a massive reason why Limerick are going to the tour tomorrow. And that's probably why, was was 96 against Clare then the best moment of your career, Kieran? because of the ultimate against the All-Ireland champions with all the pressure on, you, you produced that brilliant point. Funny enough, no, I, I suppose a lot of people would, would kind of expect me to say, yes, it's not equally, I suppose, as, as a defender and you're running back and you're chasing 11 and 10 and 12 and he's bearing down on goals and there's a green flag ready to rock and roll and you're diving and you get a hook. Equally, I would get that same satisfaction and out of scoring a score. But I suppose I got greater satisfaction as was creating and making a score. And if the score came then, it was it was bonus territory. But, you know, uh, yeah, listen, my whole journey, being honest with you, there was, there was a lot of highs and a lot of downs. But overall, could I pinpoint anything as such that was my greatest... I suppose, really, I suppose what no medal will give you really is, I suppose, when you're in the zone of hurling at the highest level, I suppose that can be your greatest satisfaction, really, I suppose. And I'm thinking of my feet here as I mentioned. Sure, sure. And when you look at Limerick tomorrow, Kieran, are you confident given the amount of match winners you have? You've got Kyle Hayes at wing back. You have Tom Morris. He scored 10 points in the last two games in play. We talked about Keane Lynch earlier on. Seamus Flanagan is having a great season. Does that give you the assurance that you can get the job done here? 
Yeah, I, I saw Cork at the start of the year, the first round, and I, I watched them very closely last week. I, I stayed on for the second day for the Kilkenny and Cork game, and as a neutral, I really enjoyed it. It was a fantastic game. And I'd mix emotions, really, because I'd have serious respect and love for Kilkenny, and I suppose what they've done down through the years, and more important, Brian Cody, what he has done as well, you know. And, you know, it's tough to see, you know, them caught when they, when they were beating. But looking at Cork, they're a total different team. They're a total different animal from the first time I saw it. And you can see defensively, they're a lot more manageable. You can see Donald O'Grady's handprint on it, all over it. And I suppose what I'm trying to say is if the best version of Cork and the best version of Limerick come to Croke Park Sunday, you could be in probably for one of the classics that we haven't seen in a while. And if that happens, possibly or a bit of experience and a small bit of power might get us across the line. But, you know, it could go either way. Both sets of teams have serious followers. They've got a brilliant engine room that I don't think gets enough credit sometimes, Eddie, the Limerick uh, midfielders, William O'Donoghue and uh, Dara O'Donovan. Unsung heroes, but a huge part of the whole Limerick system. Yeah, I think what, what they are mainly is um, very unselfish players, obviously, but... They give that little blanket of security around the six area because a lot of teams now target that and they want to come through that area they're going to have to carry through. So they do a lot of the breakdown and, and I think if you're talking about the types of players maybe and maybe I, I don't want to not do the two of them justice because they're more than this but the, that Claude McAlealy type player that's going to protect your backs. It's, it, it, I think anyone that's coming through and it frees up then that Hannon can still sit and, and play that role. So they do a lot of the dirty work, but equally, Dara Donovan is very, very comfortable on the ball and score. I think um, William O'Donoghue is the same, but Donoghue is very, very strong in the tackle. I see him, particularly when the ball goes to ground and you try to kill the ball, we'll say, from opposition getting a run on or picking possession. Donoghue is very, very effective in that area. And it's almost like they work in tandem that he can go in and, and stand strong over the ball or clear it out is another way of putting it and then you have some of the lads coming in to take it on and, and Donovan is very very good at that I think he has a ferocious engine and even the last day I thought you know if you, you talk about little small things of, of a guy coming of age or maybe making a little statement I think for Dara Donovan to come back and hit that last free I know the match was over but for himself like he, he probably wanted to score he wanted to, maybe it's something for that these Limerick lads they they all like to score you know from no matter where on the pitch from the half backs up but they are definitely the key men and even the last day we were all talking about that Hannon sits deep I thought Hannon played very high up the field the last day against Waterford and why he had that luxury was I suppose the two boys will, will be always there to, to help out and, and to break up any play that comes through when it comes to uh, Cork and uh, Kieran Carey, you've touched upon it there, uh, Tomás Mulcahy. Don O'Grady's back in the in the loop, uh, former All-Ireland winning player and manager. And it's unselfish from Kieran Kingston. He says, OK, who are the best people I can have around me to get the job done and win an All-Ireland for Cork this year? You have The Rock in there. You have Jar Cunningham, I think, is involved. And then you have Don O'Grady. So how are, they, how are they able to manage all these personalities to get the best out of the players? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm sure. I mean... I mean, obviously you had to be, I mean, to, to, to drop the likes of Shane Kingston the last time wasn't probably Kieran's decision on its own. So you have other three guys that obviously are making their own impact in the selection committee on that basis as well. And they felt that, um, some of them felt that Shane Barrett deserved his opportunity because he had come on previously as a substitute in games and had done reasonably well as well. So, I mean, that's that's what the selection committee is about. Be honest, be upfront, make the hard decisions, make the hard calls. And it would it, it didn't work. You couldn't work out any better than what it did last time. And yes, Don O'Grady's had a, 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 an impact there. You, I think he's had even a better impact with some of the forwards in terms of when they get beyond their man and going along the sideline. None better than like to Jack O'Connor. How many times have we seen him flip the ball in the air and bat it into the back of the net? That was one of Don O'Grady's treats or traits when I was going playing Harty Cup co uh, colleges hurling with not monastery, and he was teaching hurling in the school at that time. It was all about the sharp grip. And if you're heading down for goal, throwing the ball in the air and batting it into the net so you won't be hooked. So he's had a massive impact on that side of it, you know. So, um, and look, it goes back to Eddie's point there in terms of their midfield and stuff like that. I just hope from a Cork perspective, our, our tactic tomorrow is to not do what Waterford do. 
did, not do what Waterford did in terms of trying to take on Limerick physically. I think we need to keep it as open as we can as possible. Now, what I'd love to see is from our runners in terms of our, our, our speed and our pace, the Conor Cahillans, the Luke Mead, even the, uh, Dara Fitzgibbon, Dara going back into our halfback line, picking up ball, to maybe hit a few more, much quicker to the inside line, rather than taking it through those two mid guy, midfield guys in the middle of the park or into contact. And if Hannon has to come up the field higher, let him come up the field higher because we create more space inside. And that's where the likes of Jack O'Connor, the likes of Patrick, or the Shane Kingston would love to have that little bit of space in front of them by hitting quicker ball rather than actually running with it because we are very pacey and look the last day was very easy I mean against Kilkenny you could say take Jack O'Connor off he's had a bad 60 minutes of a game or 55 minutes of the game the easy option would be take him off but there was the selection committee had the presence of mind to say no let's make a switch let's put him out to the half hour line let's try and bring him into the game let's get him into space let's get him in where there's breaking ball because he's turned a pace is absolutely frightening. He's been a great find for Cork. Throw Patrick Hogan in there, throw King, uh, Shane Kingston in there, in there with that. And look, you, you, they can do damage. And that's why I, 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 I'm singing with a smile, with a confidence tomorrow. I think we're going. To, I think Cork are going to win the match. Um, I looked at the semi-final against uh, Limerick above in, in Torles that day. I was there. I thought, I came away very disappointed because I thought Limerick were there for the taking. I thought it was Limerick's worst performance in maybe two years, three years that I've seen them play. No, on the other side, but that, what worries me, it was their worst performance, but it's still won by eight points pulling up. But they had three or four of the top forwards taken off that day. Our defence did very, very well. Now, have Limerick moved on three or four other notches from that day? Or have Cork improved themselves? I think Cork have improved, but Limerick obviously have moved certain notches. But I think, I think yeah, I'm giving us a very good chance giving us a very good chance. Tomas Mulcahy says Cork will win on the Saturday panel. That is the rag, red rag is out, uh, Kieran Carey. Why will the Limerick win? What will be the reason why the green and white will uh, prevail for the third time in four years? And Declan Hannon will be lifting the Lee McCarthy Cup. Yeah, in, in fairness to Moss, he was fairly accurate there, to be fair, because Cork had, had an outstanding opportunity there to catch Limerick and only for the two goals Limerick got in the day was enough to get him across the line. And he's 110% of Cork or a totally different animal to improve the ton. Uh, likewise, have Limerick, and I suppose probably what will make Limerick really uh, was a second half performance against Tipperary. That really was possibly their biggest test that they hadn't been asked in the last number of years. You know, down nine or ten points. Now let's see what kind of character, what kind of personality we really have, and the answer to that. And they've improved every bit. Uh, I suppose both teams will be trying to manipulate and look for grass. Cork equally will be doing the same for Horgan and Limerick also will be doing it for Darfur Powerbank. And you know, both teams have two very good centre-backs. Coleman is like poetry in motion when he's in in, in, in operation. And Declan Hannon is the same. And you know, in case, in case there's any uh, ambiguity around this, <laughs> Declan Hannon will be minding the house as usual, I'd imagine, tomorrow. But it's going to be very interesting. If, if Cork can come up with a, fo- a formula a system that can derail Limerick's performance, number one. Number two, that they have a system in place that they can implement, number two. And if they can curtail Lil Keen Lynch, they have a chance. But I have a funny, I have a funny feeling they won't get the all three right. Uh, the boys down here, they're bullying for road and a huge opportunity to do a back-to-back in All-Ireland. It's rare in Limerick, and I, I'd imagine... They'll be emptying the tank. They'll be emptying the spare tank to make sure that Declan Hannan will be going up the steps tomorrow in Crow Park. Eddie Brennan, uh, we have Limerick winning uh, the quarter two <laughs> against Cork by eight points, quarter three against Tipperary by 12, uh, quarter two by Waterford against seven. They've got the power. They also have pace in the team, but Cork have blistering pace. Cork will try and get the overlap. They'll try and get some goals. A great goal tally in the league. I know a lot of them are against Westmead. But Eddie Brennan, how do you see the, the clash of styles here? And, and, and do you give Limerick an edge at the moment? based on what you've seen? Yeah, they have. But I equally think on, on other finals, day, yeah, look, anything can happen, you know. And a fortunate instance, two players collide and it leads to a goal or whatever it is. Limerick, look, I, I suppose I'm, I'm not going to talk hugely about Limerick because I admire them. They have the experience. They have, a, they've, they have all the, the, the qualities needed to get the job done tomorrow. And if they do it, you'd say, look, we kind of expected that. But equally, I think for Cork to prevail here, I, th- I suppose they have to 
they have to work the likes of um, Dermot Burns and Hannon these as have them you know turning and chasing them and that's easier said than done because the Limerick system with, with Morrissey and Co and, and uh, Hegarty they drop back and they really make it a battle zone there so uh, Cork probably have to be really brave to go through that zone and, and, and be willing to take a couple of raps or whatever that's just the physical nature of the game and on other and final day you have to be I suppose a little bit reckless with your body as well you just have to be willing to take those hits but I think in terms of strategy and tactics, I'm waiting to see what they've done because Cork went all along nearly against Dublin. They went quite short against Kilkenny. We're willing to play it around the back and take it out. I think that's something that will be biscuits to a bear for Limerick if they try that. So they're going to have to mix it up a little bit. Um, I think as well, quarter one to half time or the quarter two effectively now, that's where Cork really have to target because I, I think in so many matches, Limerick get huge impetus. Obviously not the tip match. But generally, I think Limerick really love that first water break. They can see what the opposition are doing. They can fix any problems. And away they go. They accelerate hard during that period. So if you're Cork, do you make that a little bit stop start or whatever? I don't know. But um, I think I think Cork have a really, really good chance. But uh, they're going to have to execute a perfect game plan and probably have you know guys really, really excel. Uh, if they're to overcome Limerick, but I just uh, I think they have a mighty chance, but I just think Limerick will probably just have uh, enough to get it done. Are you enjoying the game? The game has changed a lot in the last decade since you retired, Eddie, hasn't it? Like we're talking about thirty points required tomorrow to win it. Yeah, it's 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 massively gone that way, and and you think of even you know we talk about zonal defending now. You know there was a time there for us anyway. It was keeping your six backs very much in in that kind of shape, whereas now. I think the last day I looked at even Limerick, they, they, they pushed right up on Waterford. So, you know, Barry Nash was obviously the key man at the back. And, you know, he's the best man I think they have, you know, to quarterback things. Um, he's very, very effective. And same with Burns and Kyle Hayes to deliver those deep balls. But it's all about movement now. I mean, you look at, you know, I suppose we worked back a little bit into midfield as a half forward line. But now, you know, it's it's very much mind and possession making good decisions, delivering good ball and, and even, you know, those miss hits anymore, you know, just getting the ball and lumping it up the fields, it doesn't really happen anymore. So um I think what you might be asking me in another way, John, would I like to be playing in the modern game? I don't know would I have the the athleticism to keep up with the the athletes now. I think they're in phenomenal, phenomenal condition and uh that's why we're getting, I suppose, these 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 attacking spectacles where teams are going to shoot the lights out and they're trying to get off you know, forty plus shots in a, in a, in 70 minutes of hurling. Eddie Brennan, uh, Kieran Carey and Tomas, uh, enjoy tomorrow. Kieran and Tomas made the best team win. That's all I can say. Made the best team win. Uh, you, you've already named your colours to your mast already with your mother from Limerick. Yeah, and all that. so that's 3-1. That's 3-1. That's I have no chance. No chance. <laughs> No, no, Cork and Cork Park always have a chance, Tomas. Ah, uh, yeah, the trains and the buses and the cars will we'll see you on the road tomorrow. We'll see best of luck here. Chance, well. chance. Yeah, come here, best of luck tomorrow. You're definitely a huge chance. I believe ah, yeah. that. Two, that. Two best teams in the country are up in Cork Park tomorrow, and that's as it should be. That's good. Look forward to it. 100%. See you, lads. Three great hurling men, three great hurling men, Tomas Mulcahy, Kieran Carey, and Eddie Brennan on the Saturday panel. Ahead of All Ireland Hurling Final Day tomorrow, 40,000 souls at Croke Park for Limerick and Cork in the Senior Decider at 3.30. The minor final this evening, Cork against Galway at Semple Stadium from 7.15. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball.